Hi, y'all. This is Kristen Chenoweth. Hi, I'm Gloria Stefan. This is Sarah Bareilles. Hi, I'm Patty Lapone. This is Lynn Manuel Miranda. You're listening to the Broadway Podcast Network. Welcome back to the Theater Podcast, intimate personal conversations with the industry's biggest names. We have two guests today that have a wonderfully great friendship that helped each other during the pandemic. This album that they are talking about today started as a passion project because they are two close friends that have worked together for years and just use each other to create and support and help each other out in a very odd time when everything just seemed to be shut down and Broadway and West End didn't exist. They have an obvious love for classical theater music and their covers throughout this album are just absolutely incredible. So everybody, please make sure to check out Together at a Distance. And now everybody, please enjoy this episode with Sierra Bogus and Julian Ovenden. The longest field goal ever attempted is 76 yards. The longest field goal ever missed? Also 76 yards. Why bring this up? Because knowing your limits matters, both when you're kicking a field goal and when you gamble. Betting more than you're comfortable with is like trying a 70-yard field goal. It probably won't go well. So set a limit when you gamble and stick to it. Want more helpful tips like this? Go to KeepItFunOhio.com for games, quizzes, and lots of ways to keep your gambling from getting out of hand. Today we have two guests who have performed together in concerts on both sides of the Atlantic, including BBC's proms at Royal Albert Hall with the John Wilson Orchestra in both 2010 and 2012, and at Carnegie Hall with the New York Pops in 2015. Sierra Bogus is best known for originating the role of Ariel in The Little Mermaid on Broadway and for her multiple appearances as Christine Daae in The Phantom of the Opera. Julian Ovenden is an English actor and singer. He starred on Broadway and West End stages in television series both in the United Kingdom and in the United States, in films, and performed internationally as a concert and recording artist. These two have done so much. Let's dive right in. Sierra and Julian, welcome to the Theater Podcast. You two are here today because you are longtime friends, and I want to get into the friendship because you've both just released this amazing, amazing album. I mean, it spans seven decades of musical theater's iconic hits from Andy Webb's Lord Andy Webb's Roger Hammerstein, Lerner and Lowe, Leonard Bernstein, Stephen Sondheim, Stephen Sondheim. I cannot speak today, so this is going to be a really great interview. Yep. Jason Robert Brown and Roar. Um, so you've performed together for a long time. Tell me how the two of you met. We met uh, when I was doing a show in London called Love Never Dies. I've heard of it. Yes. Uh, and um, Julian and I were asked separately by a conductor over there named John Wilson uh, to to sing together at the proms, which is this fabulous thing that Americans never seem to know about. And it's like... It's the my, biggest classical music festival in the world. The proms? And yet we proms, don't... Yeah. yeah, and yet Americans don't know about it. So it's, it. it's, it's at the Royal Albert Hall, which is this big, wonderful venue, huge venue in the middle of London. And it's... Um, and it's started about 70 or 80 years ago now, I think, or maybe even more, maybe 100 years ago. No, maybe. I don't know. Um, but anyway, it's about 70 or 80 concerts during the summer. And it's called the Prom Concerts. Uh, it's short for Promenade. And they take out all the seats in the middle of the auditorium and people stand. So it's, I guess it's the closest classical music or, you know, yes, generally classical music concerts get to a kind of pop feel when you, because you've got a sea of people in front of you and you're performing. It's quite, Do you ever have classical music mosh pits? 
Yes, it's a little bit, it's you know, it's like, kind of for those sort of musical theatre nerds. What is the, what's the equivalent in musical theatre? I don't know, of a mosh pit. Uh, a six concert? Yeah. A six concert, exactly. That's exactly, oh, well that's exactly yeah. what it is. Yes, yes. We've done, a, we've done a track from six, actually. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> we've re-recorded them all as very like, <laughs> musical theatre standards. Um, yeah, anyway, so that's where we met. Um, this guy, John Wilson, is an extraordinary man. He's recreated all the original film orchestrations of the great musicals of the golden age of Broadway. Um, and okay, the difference between the orchestration of Oklahoma for the stage was about 30, 30 players, and on the film you get about 110. So it's like when you're singing with that kind of, and, mm. and these orchestra players, they're all the best players from around Europe. Mm -hmm. So the leader of the Berlin Philharmonic, the leader of the London Symphony Orchestra. It's like, it's like the Royals Royce mm -hmm. of orchestras playing this kind of music and it is to, to perform with them is a thrilling thrilling mm. experience and we love that kind of music and that's where we kind of first met and subsequently we've done a whole range of that kind of those kind of concerts around the world mm. um and um you know it's brought us brought us here yeah so you've got you've got the album now i guess it's called together at a distance which obviously i suspect is a reference to the fact that we're just coming out of a pandemic in theory Right, I think we're coming out of it. We hope. We hope. Fingers crossed. So you've been you're staying together. You're creating music, and so much on this podcast that I talk about is about mental health and maintaining the success of or the stress of being successful. Right, mm -hmm. and so the constant need for uh, for creation and for expression, and even when you're in the middle of your amazing job, you're still looking for your next one. And so you've got all of this surrounding surrounding you, and then all, when you're working, and then you take it all away, mm. and it's you're in the middle of a pandemic, right? And so now, through all of this, what are the two? When did the two of you connect? And you're like, we need to create, we need to do something. What what is the need? Well, exactly what you just described. That was the need. Is that we when when we created this, this was smack dab in the beginning of the pandemic. We didn't still know what was going on. We didn't know when we were going to get to even travel at this point. So um, Julian and I missed singing together, like just what Jules brilliantly described of the way that we have, the way that we met in the style that we got to sing in with the size of orchestra, with the caliber of music and orchestra. It's just, we missed that. And so we wanted to create something um, with each other and also provide some type of relief and maybe joy um, and healing for people that were watching and listening all around the world, truly, because mm -hmm. everything was done online. So this really was born out of that need for um, connection and healing and making music again together. So the, the connections, the connection is really interesting because you recorded isolated, right? You didn't, yeah. you weren't together when you were recording. Yeah, no. No, the whole project was done um, remotely. Um, so let me just talk you through the sort of practicality <laughs> of that. Um, we have no um, expertise with engineering <laughs> or like even plugging in a cable, I find oh. stressful. So um, <laughs> we, um, my, uh, my son, who was 11 at the time, uh, walked me through the, 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 the sort of basic premise of Garage Band. And we we bought some microphones. Um, yep. We installed one in. Well, Sierra installed hers in, in her my shoe closet. closet. Yeah. Mm -hmm. and, and often uh, re reuse space yes. these yes. days. Yeah. Yeah. Yes. Yes. Um, 
I put one mine in my sort of attic room, but it's not in, it's not like a studio. I mean, you know, you can hear my daughter kind of complaining about doing mm. her homework through some of the music. You can hear my cats. It's cats, <laughs> cabs, everything. It was very much a bootleg kind of, you know. How kind of, it started. Yeah. Um, and I sort of learned on the job, really. I learned how to put it all together. Um, so I made the track and then sent it to Sierra. Sierra, she would put her version down and then I would do my version and then we'd talk about it and then we'd rejig it and that's mm. how we and then on top of that we decided that you know as Sierra said we 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 started it as just a little kind of you know a sideshow really it was just like a conversation through music mm. over you know over three thousand three and a half thousand miles mm. but then we thought well maybe we can share it maybe we can you know put it out there to a wider audience um she's a bit more social media savvy than I am. <laughs> um, so she, we made some videos, mm-hmm. some video content. Yeah. Uh, on the YouTube. On the YouTube. Yeah. Uh, and then, uh, yeah, and so that kind of started that whole thing and that's how we kind of started to release these, um, these, these songs. And then we had, then we got a producer and somebody who actually knows how to do this. And so they made it into the album that now everybody can buy and listen to. So it's been amazing listening to our tracks transform from what Julian and I were doing um, out of like desperation. Yeah. (laughs) And then turning it now into something that's like, uh, we're so proud of it, of what it's turned into. Yeah, so you still get, you know, we've got symphony orchestras playing on the album, so a lot of it is full orchestra, very, very, you know, kind of loyal to the original music. Um, But also we wanted to to retain some tracks that kept the the intimate feel of some of the songs that we recorded. So, Mm. for example, Till There Was You from The Music Man is just me, on the piano. Mm-hmm. I think there's another one. Yeah. On, uh, Heather on the Hill. Oh, Heather on the, the Hill. Hill. Those yeah. are literally the two that I that I just listened to yeah. oh, cool. before I was coming up here. I, and, and I was like, they, it's, it's, I love the intimacy of, yeah, like I feel like I'm with you in your attic, literally. Yes. Yeah. Just, that's sort of what we kind yeah. of, yeah. you know, and I think that, you know, we all, we all struggled to a, to a greater or lesser extent during this period. And one of the, what I love about the fact that it, what we've done is like it's a lovely positive um, souvenir, I suppose, of that time. Mm. And that um, that people have really enjoyed it and that we, that something good came out of, you know, a, a period that was so, for artists especially, for people who rely on an audience or rely on creativity, collaboration with other people in the same room. Mm-hmm. Um you know that something that something positive and um, and worthwhile came out of it. Yeah. <laughs> Is this the first time the two of you have, have put together a formal project like on your own? I know you Off said you worked yeah. together. Yes, yeah. I think it is. I mean, we'd love to do a you know a show a, show. We'd love to mm-hmm. do a show, but we haven't yeah. had the chance yet. But we had always wanted to record together. We always wanted to do an album like this, but there just never was any time. And so, of course, life took care of that for us. these are all uh as as you know the intro was saying that it's it they're they're musical theater standards so we've got you know make believe from showboat all i ask of you of course from phantom something that that you're very known for sierra um too many mornings from follies tonight from west side story i mean the list goes on these are amazing tracks that everybody probably knows every word Mm -hmm. to um 
why why go the route of of musical theater of this classical sort of stuff when so much of of what we're seeing now coming to Broadway is six, right? We talked about yeah, six. It's sure. Poppy or Moulin Rouge, which is all just sure. a medley mm-hmm. of pop yeah. songs for the most part, right? Well, because, um, I mean, without being too blunt. <laughs> oh, please be blunt. Um, look, I, there's obviously a space for that kind of music, for pop mm-hmm. music and for jukebox musicals. Um, they, pe- pe- they're bringing people into the theater that wouldn't be there otherwise, which is a good thing. They're good for the economy. They're entertaining. But the music that we're doing are from shows which are, you know, they were they were conceived as as you know theatrical pieces, um, and they're serious craft. Mm-hmm. They're not shoehorned. They're not someone's back catalogue shoehorned into a into a fairly you know kind of shallow storyline. Into a moneymaker. Into a moneymaker. It's it's some, it's people who have spent their lives honing craft mm. and I think what we do generally we've been uh, um, exposed to um, high quality work um, I think we're, we're 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 demanding of ourselves in terms of what we do and the projects projects we take on generally speaking um, and we wanted to do something that was um, that sounded expensive and sounded, <laughs> uh, that sounded like um, you know <laughs> That sounded that sounded good, and um, and you can't get better than Bernstein. You can't get better than Rodgers and Hammerstein. You can't. You just can't get better than sometime. I, I don't think in this in this world mm-hmm. of musical writing. I think um, you know um, maybe there will be a new generation. I'm sure there will be a new generation of writers, but at the moment, I think we're in a bit of a flux and a bit of limbo land because we don't know what 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 is next. Mm-hmm. And people have turned away from character-driven work into, you know, Money. Who, yeah, who's 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 you know, which band can we plunder songs from, et cetera, et cetera. So, um, yeah, I think also it's it's all of that, and it's what you said when musicals now have this sort of sound. I think that's also why we wanted to do um, the sound that you were describing, the pop and all that. The, there's a place for than this type of music mm-hmm. that Julian and I love to sing. This is how we love to sing. These these songs are what made me want to do this in the first place. This is what I listen to. This is how I sing. This is how Julian sings. And so I think, you know, as opposed to we're trying to do something that's like, that that isn't uh, within our integrity. Yeah, it's authentic. I mean, I, yeah. I, we both do a fair amount of working with young singers, um, masterclasses or workshops and stuff like mm-hmm. that. Whenever I'm talking to young singers, students or people coming into the business or wanting to be in the business, I say, use what you have. Don't try and be someone else. Don't try and sound like someone else. Mm-hmm. Of course, we all imitate. That's part of... That's part of understanding who we are as an identity, as, a, as an artist. You know, we steal all the, I'm stealing all the time from people. But the bottom line is, if you want to have an original, authentic voice, you have to be yourself and mm. sound like yourself. Mm-hmm. And um, it happens that I think our authentic selves as singers seem to kind of chime together and match. Yeah. And, um, but it's not, it's not just exclusively, you know, 1947. Yeah, it's you know we've we've we wanted to make it you know some of the other contemporary stuff like Jason Robert Brown or Claude Michel or um, 
or Lucy Andrew's Simon. music, or Lucy Simon's Secret Garden. Mm-hmm. It's you know, it still it still feels it still feels fresh, it still feels yeah. contemporary, but it's sung in a kind of in our way, yeah. whatever way that is. Time is up and We're going to take a short break. Stay tuned for more of the episode. The training then, where did this type of music is, is, I guess I was going to say like certain voices lend themselves to certain types of music, of course, but I guess it was, it was Wes Taylor that told me uh, that what made him good at comedy was learning Shakespeare Mm. classics, right? Mm -hmm. So there's a lot of, there's not a lot. There's several people I know that started in training for opera. That's, Mm -hmm. that's sort of uh, not what you would, would consider a a traditional musical theater type of voice, Mm -hmm. like an opera trained singer that made their way into musical theater. So for the two of you, um, it sounds like, I mean, and I can hear uh, in, in both of it, you both have that, that operatic sound but yeah. obviously you can kind of switch it and flip it a little bit and we and were do both more. trained classically i started so i majored in musical theater but they always they trained me classically because they could hear my voice sounded like that and they the uh music department always tried to get me to switch my major to uh vocal performance really i wasn't interested in <laughs> in doing that but i do i've I love opera. I love listening to it and trying to even sing it for myself just because I think that that also is just a really incredible art form. Mm -hmm. Um, And so that's, I think, also how Julian and I bonded so well is because you don't usually find people in our that that are singing the kind of music that we do and like this I always talk about Julian's musicianship you don't also find people necessarily in musical theater that are such trained musicians and it just makes it so much easier to sing with someone if you have the same type of musical language Mm -hmm. um and then just and you enjoy them as well (laughs) I mean I like to defy classification I think it's much more as an artist I think it's much more interesting Mm. you know Kristen Chenoweth you know, she's she could be an opera singer. Mm-hmm. Tom Jones, he could have been an opera singer. Yeah. You know, I mean, you know, if you listen to his voice, he could have gone a whole different way. An amazingly powerful tenor. He could have, you know, incredible. Um, but I, I think that what we try and bring is, um, you know, technical, some kind of technical expertise mm-hmm. or, you know, we try um, and and interpretation, you know. So I, I I didn't know anything about musical theater until I was twenty. I had no really kind of, not really. I had no. I wasn't like a nerd. I, I you know I didn't come from that world. So I've been sort of discovering this this music um, like a child, I suppose, over the last twenty years. Um, and um, and you know, kind of exploring it myself. Um, and so that's why I sing the way I do because I don't, I don't, I'm, I'm not trying to be, I don't know. Um, well, you, you've got, you've got a lot of, um, uh, the in credits on TV, right? So like, uh, Sir Henry Granville on Bridgerton and Charles Blake on Downton Abbey. So you, like the acting side of things are very solidified. And then mm-hmm. have you, do you? Do you try to also add in the the musical theater and the performing as well, um, or is that 
kind of like when the opportunity presents itself, you're you just kind of dive into it in sort of a, an improvisational universal yes and right like oh great I'll make an album now or do you have a specific sort of direction that you want to take yourself to next? <laughs> I wish it was sort of. I wish I had the opportunity to kind of control things a bit more. Maybe if I was Hugh Jackman, I'd be able to kind of be a little bit more, well, now I'm going to do this and yeah. now I'm going to do that. Um, but even Hugh Jackman, I'm sure, is, you know, kind of suffers from suffers from obstacles and, and hindrances and all the rest of it. I think um, what excites me is doing lots of different things, collaborating with brilliant people. I've been lucky enough to work, um, you know, here and um, in in London, Europe, and um, all over the place, really, doing lots of different things. And that keeps me fresh. It keeps me learning, keeps me challenged. Um, maybe I'd be more successful if I just sort of concentrated on one thing and sort of did that. I don't That's know. That's boring. But it's like, you know, you get one life. And I, I love um, doing, different, doing different things. Um, and, you know, like doing this, mm. which was a kind of started as a, a sidebar. Uh, just being here is kind of like, it's cool. Mm-hmm. You created something from yeah. scratch. Yeah. Like it's yours, which I feel like is also a little bit of a pressure. For me, it would be a pressure of like, this is mine. I can't, if it fails, it's it's on me. But if it succeeds, it's but also I think, on me. I, I, I hear what you're saying, but I think that there has been a shift and there certainly has in my mind because of the pandemic, I'm, you know, I'm always trying to find why things happened. And there is a gift of the pandemic, which is to try to not allow our thoughts to go that of like, if this fails, because what is failure anymore? Because the whole world shut down for Mm -hmm. that year. Mm -hmm. And we, there is no way that this is a failure just by the fact that we created something and we didn't, we created out of integrity. We didn't create it out of any other reason. I mean, truly. I mean, you don't fail. You only fail if you don't try, as far as I'm concerned. Mm. If you're trying, then you're succeeding. Mm -hmm. Um, you know, we, as as performers, as actors, every day you're faced with with a, a, a selection of different no's mm. and and reasons why not. Yeah. Um, and that teaches you, I suppose, to be resilient and to be, um, I suppose, um, you know, create something off your create something that you're in control of. Yeah. I suppose, um, however, whatever small part of your life that you can do that in. And this was one of those choices that we made to thought, well, who cares what right. people think um, hmm. in a way? And it's like, this is just for us. And if people like it, then great. People don't like it, then that's fine as well. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <You know>? <laughs> <laughs> and it turns out they liked it and, it and it helped. I mean, people were writing us because we started to put tracks out like once every two weeks or once a month sometimes. And people would wait. I mean, they would wait for it to drop because it gave them some type of, it was something to look forward to and they absolutely loved it. It must have, it it gave hope also. Like it all can, it sounds kind of cheesy, but it's all the absolute truth. That is what was happening. People were, were looking forward to having a track from Julian and I Mm -hmm. come out, see a video that's like something silly and some beautiful music. And also, we're, we feel like Jules and I are reintroducing the classics in a way that's like, don't forget about these as we are moving into this pop world and stuff. Don't, don't count these out because these are awesome. You know? oh, I love that. that. That's very, it's, I love the, the reintroduction because you're right. There's so many people now that get 
even now we're getting introduced to musical theater through TikTok, yeah. right? So you roll your eyes I at know, that. No, it makes me sad. Are you on TikTok? Are you on TikTok? Yes. What? What are you doing? What are you doing? <laughs> I'm not on TikTok. I can tell you that much. I know, Charles. I know. Um, but that is sad. Yeah. I mean. Well, I, I, I was going to say, I think it's a good thing in a way that it's bringing, it's making it more accessible Agreed. to people, yes. to kids and adults yes. that may not, you know, want to get into it in any other way or hear about it in any other way. But, uh, but you're right there, there's an art form to, to the classics and the stories. Yeah. And, you know, there's, you know, the social media thing, look, we, we used of we used it to get the thing out there. But the whole narcissistic sort of vanity side of things is just a total anathema to art. It really is. Mm, this whole look word. at me, that's a, that's a, this look at me yeah. kind of, it really is not what art is about. Mm. Um, and uh, what I like about the art project is it's a duet project. Mm. It's two people conversing and communicating. And actually, I, I guess in... You know that's 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 a kind of old-fashioned idea. I mean, I know that we have there are duets like you know there'll be like there's that Elton John song that's just like covered by Dua Lipa. What is it? Like oh. my daughter plays it incessantly in the car <gasps> on the school run. Oh. But you know, like you know, like uh, that you you'll get pop artists du duetting in mm -hmm. inverted commas. Yeah, but there's not duet. There's not duetting. Come on, it's like. These, these, a lot of, most of these things, these tracks that we, we chose, they're about, you know, call and response. There's, mm -hmm. you know, it's about, a, it's about a conversation. It's about relationships. About relationships. Yeah, yeah, for sure. <clears throat> exactly. And, um, and there's real worth in that and there's real yeah. um, depth, hopefully. Yeah. There's, there's a lot in the classics that, now that you mentioned that, I think it makes total sense, these songs that you chose, because they're, they are all about, caring for each other and, mm -hmm. and they are duets and they are about relationships. And then coming out of the pandemic, we are in a time now where connection is more important, I think, than it has been in a very long time. Yes. And art heals. Yep. Theater, musical theater. There, I mean, there's there's a vibration to singing and, mm -hmm. and all the world is a vibration and all the world is energy sure. in one form or another. And we are all, you know, connected machines in some form, whether, you know, on what level you believe of a higher power mm -hmm. or, you know, I'm kind of, mm -hmm. uh, I'm just spitballing here, mm -hmm. but I feel like there is a, a, a very concrete way that certain songs can bring certain types of people together. And I'm looking at the, at the two of you and I'm watching mm -hmm. you here in person. We are in person for this interview, yes, by the way, people, yes. which is amazing. Um, looking at the two of you and, and the way that you, you bounce off each other and you're, you're interacting with each other. Like there's a, there's a certain type of, person mm -hmm. and people that are connected to each other in certain ways that are unspoken yeah. and mm -hmm. on a musicality level mm -hmm. like you were saying when you all of a sudden you just click with somebody and you know that you want to perform with them you yeah. know you want to sing with them sure. or your voices are exactly the same sure. you know sort of uh, yeah. vibrating at the same way sometimes yeah. literally sometimes metaphorically so the this this album for the two of you like has it been any sort of um catharsis on that level of just being able to have strengthen each other have know that you have a friend know that you have a bond with somebody even though you're across the atlantic ocean from mm. each other most of the time yeah but, uh, oh for sure for me it helped me so much 
just in the beginning, I didn't really want to sing anymore. It's not like I was going to give it up completely, but I just didn't crave singing. I wasn't singing. I wasn't doing, um, I wasn't, I wasn't singing. And then when Jules and I were texting about doing something, once I started singing this exact type of music again with Julian, that reignited my desire to start singing. And it gave me something to look forward to, to be able to sing with him. And when he would send me through his track, it w- I would literally, there was times that it's just like, oh, thank God. Like, I don't have to like micromanage this. It's just <laughs> done. It's like, he's so, he's, he, I, I trust how he sings, how he interprets something, then I can also, it is like a conversation because then I'm trying to match what his phrasing is because that's the hardest thing I think about doing this remotely is when we're singing together, we can just watch each other. I can watch when mm-hmm. he's breathing. He can watch when I'm breathing. We can just, we can tell if we're going to, mm-hmm. you know, take a breath or not. And in, and having, and it also helped me listen better because I have to really, really listen to what and why he's interpreted it like this. Why are we phrasing it like this so that I can then match it? And it it is, it strengthened that. And then and then also just like the desire, it strengthened the desire to sing with him in person again. So yesterday we sang together for the first time and literally we were just like, ah, like kids. <laughs> because it, it's like, this we have missed just being able to it's it's easier now it's easier mm. do you find that it's easier to sing in person i don't know um i never really thought about and the difference in singing before and singing now i mean i love singing i love doing duets because mm. it's just it in a way takes the pressure off yeah yourself and you're <laughs> listening to someone else and you're you know kind of your that's where your focus is in a way um and with Sierra, you know, I knew immediately when I first started working with her that she was um, just a really exciting performer and someone I felt like I I just immediately responded to. Um, and I, you know, in term, but also in terms of her character, who she is as a person, because obviously <laughs> that shines through. She's goofy. She's got a good sense of humor. She doesn't take herself too seriously. I, I like all those those qualities. <laughs> um, and you know, um, I think we just have we 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 have fun doing it. And um, you know, that's the most important thing. Yeah, I love that. Okay, so this is a wonderful place to stop. Everybody, get together at a distance, mm-hmm. and it's streaming everywhere. You get your music. This is amazing. We're going to end with three questions that I ask everybody to close out the podcast. Mm-hmm. They're not hard. Don't worry. It's not a test. It's fine. Okay. I like first, questions. The first one, very simply, and Sierra, let's start with you. What motivates you? Oh, very simply. Yeah, very simply. are you talking simply. about very simply? What motivates you? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> I feel so unmotivated. <laughs> how do I answer? I don't know how to answer that. What motivates me? Why are you thinking? Oh, do you have an answer? I was going to go to yeah, Julian. Why you? I do know. Okay, okay. Um, the question that I ask myself lately is, "How may I serve?" Instead of, "What may I get?" So, how mm-hmm. can I serve? Actually, really does motivate me to get something out there, to get up and do something. How may I serve? Hmm. I like I like that phrasing. That's mm-hmm. nice. What about you, Julian? Um. Yeah, that's a good question. I, I mean, I think we're surrounded by. Um, we've sort of touched on it already. We're surrounded by you know, streaming services saying, you know, the world is more connected. Mm-hmm. 
when it actually, you know, it's not. We're all in our own Bubbles. little spheres of whatever it is. Cell phones. Uh, yes, exactly. Even when you're talking to someone on your, you know, on FaceTime, you, you're, you, you know, most people are looking at their face rather than the other person's face. <laughs> so I guess, well, certainly my daughter is. Uh, so I would guess. Um, Connection, real connection, mm. is Ooh. what I would, uh, you know, really listening, really listening to people and looking at people, look, looking and listening. Mm. That's what I would say. As someone, today, someone personally who has not allowed themselves to really listen or to have real connection until the last few years, mm -hmm. and thank you, therapy, for that, mm -hmm. that's, I completely, completely, completely can, can feel that mm -hmm. um, because it's, it's just so important to be able to to sit down and make a connection with somebody, especially if you don't know them. There's just look up for a second and talk to the person next to you because mm. you don't know anything about them. You don't know anything about where they came from or how you can serve them, to your point, Sierra. Mm -hmm. yes. right? Well, especially right. if you live in a big right. city. I mean, someone yeah. just a stranger just talking to you on the, on the subway or on mm -hmm. on the tube in London. I mean, you just think they're strange and like you move move away. It's like, what? what, what? <laughs> um, yeah. But I guess that's why we do what we do and... Um, and, 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 you know, I want to bring that as much into my own life as possible. All right. So, Jules. Yes. Let's start with you for the next question. What advice would you give to your younger self and younger people oh, listening now? Christ. <laughs> oh, God. What would I get? I, I suppose, yeah. I mean, I've touched on it a little bit uh, uh, again. I'd just be, just think that you are, that, you know, what you have is 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 enough, really. You don't have to be someone else. Um, it's totally natural to want to be someone else, to be someone that you, you know, you, you're a fan of or you idolize or, but the real um, value in life is to look inwards and know that you have enough. It's tough. People don't like what they see in there. That's fine. That's, that's part of it. But it's, it's that accepting, accepting what's there. Mm -hmm. I think you know it's not and and being um and being honest with what's there because it's nowhere near as bad for other people what you see. I don't know. I mean, I'm sorry. Mm. I don't. I don't. I don't know. But that's what I think, and that's what I say to people. When I, I mean, I love working with young people who are starting out. One of the great joys, the other great joy I had during the pandemic was I kind of posted a note saying, if you know, if anyone students want to do some singing or coaching or whatever. During this time, a few people reached out, um, and I did a little bit of teaching and coaching, and it was just really nice to be able to talk with people. No, I have certainly don't have all the answers. We're talking to people who are getting into the mm -hmm. getting into the profession or wanting to do it, just sing for fun, mm -hmm. and just reinforce that what they have inside of them is the raw material. There is no other receptacle that they need to visit. Sarah, what about you? Um, I would say don't let anyone take your love of performing or what you do, whatever that is, away from you. Don't let anybody steal your joy um, from of what you do. Don't lose the desire. That's what I would definitely go back and tell my, 
my younger self. And it's what I always tell kids when I teach master class. Mm. I feel like there's a deeper story there that we will dive into prob- sure. probably some other time, I hope. <laughs> um, okay, so the last question then. If you could only see one show for the rest of your life, but you can see it as many times as you want, what would you see, Sierra? Well, something starring Barbara Streisand. So I would either keep watch. I would watch her in Funny Girl or her in Hello, Dolly. <laughs> over and over and over and over again. So that's what, it's about the performer. And for me, anybody who knows me knows it's Barbara Streisand all day, every day. So right. is that. Jules, what about you? Six. <laughs> well done. We were actually, when I was, uh, we were rehearsing, I just did a production of South Pacific in in, um, in England. And we were rehearsing at the same time as Six were doing a cast change. And we were they were in the next door studio. My God, what a racket. Absolutely. If you're in that show, I mean, you must be wearing ear, ear defenders or whatever. You must be. I mean, like, you'll be deaf after that. They've got in-ears. Yeah, they've got in-ears. Oh, well, that's, yeah. well, there we go. That, that, that tells you what you need to No, the show that I would, I, I think, um, well, Sunday in the Park with George. Mm. Mm. I think that's um, genius. And Lee Jake, that cast? So uh, I didn't see that production. No? Uh, no. Um, Bernadette Peters, Manny Patinkin. I guess so. I mean, I'm not so, uh, yeah. I mean, I didn't see that production either. I mean, I've seen it on screen. Um, it's just a beautiful show. It's amazing. Yeah. Amazing. All right. Well, where can we find you online? You said you didn't do social media much. Are you oh, online? he does now. Oh, no, I'm, like, I'm fully <laughs> into it. I, you know, I rarely do anything else. <laughs> Uh, you can find me online at all the relevant address, re- relevant sites at Julian Ovenden, and Sierra is at at uh, official Sierra Vargas on Instagram. Is there an unofficial Sierra Vargas? Is that why you? It's you, because oh. the only reason I joined Instagram actually was because somebody was pretending to be me, <gasps> so that's why I had to be official. Because um, I want that. I, I, how do I get that? I'd like people. I like that sort of. Just you want someone to be you, I'll do it. I, I created a fan account of you. <laughs> that is so cool. All right, everybody, please go listen to Together at a Distance and Sierra and Julian. Thank you so much. Thank this has you. been a really Pleasure. wonderful conversation. Yes, thanks, thanks so much. Thank you. You can get more of me at thetheaterpodcast.com. Show your support. Help the transcriptions get created at thetheaterpodcast.com slash Patreon, P-A-T-R-E-O-N. Find me on Instagram and Twitter at theater underscore podcast at facebook.com slash official theater podcast. Leave a rating, leave a review wherever you are listening. This has been edited by Well-Rounded Hoodlum Productions. Thank you to Jukebox the Ghost for the intro and outro music. Take a deep breath, make the world a little colorful. Hey, it's Leslie Odom Jr. here on the Broadway Podcast Network to tell you about the RISE Theatre Directory, a program of maestro music. RISE is a national online resource designed to connect and empower backstage and administrative and creative theatre professionals from underrepresented backgrounds. If you work or aspire to work in the theater community, this can help you find your next project. And if you hire theater professionals, search the Rise Theater directory to find your next team. Create your profile now and get more information by visiting risetheater.org. That's theater with an R-E-R-I-S-E-T-H-E-A-T-R-E dot org because only together we rise.